This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yes, indeed. And I am joined by Mary Meyer from the University of Minnesota Extension. Mary, we haven't seen you for a while. Good morning. Great to be here. Good to be back, Thanks Denny. Thanks for coming in on a gorgeous day. It's going to be beautiful. It sounds this like... is it. Get outside today. I, I heard you... Uh, um, well, you know that the weather changes. I mean, you, you, you've been here for, quickly. for a while. Yes, it is rather quickly, isn't it? From 56 to yes. the 30s. But that's uh, that's the theater of seasons here. Uh, Mary is uh, always gracious to answer your lawn and garden questions. If you have uh, one of those, you can call it in or text it in. Same number, 651-989-9226. And if you're a regular listener of the show, you know we tend to get real busy. So call it in, text it in. And Mary will uh, will help us out. You and I were chatting before we while we're waiting for some uh, callers and texters. Uh, what's I always like to find out what's going on at the arboretum. You were showing me some great oh, pictures. Yes, it's so beautiful at the arboretum. So we have the wonderful pumpkin and squash display along with scarecrows. You can go see uh, the pumpkin house that's out there, and we have in the great hall a beautiful tower of pumpkins and squash. So on staff are Jenny and John Thull, who grow pumpkins and squash in over 300 kinds. So this 300? is 300 kinds. So you can see these named squash and pumpkin varieties on display. They're in, in the restaurant. They've got them all named in a long line. But the tower is beautiful. So it's a great day to see the Arboretum with the uh, fall color. Go to the Apple House. You can get some apples. The last of the apples are being picked now from the... The keepsake is the last one to come off. They're picking that, the, probably the end of that now. But a wonderful uh, choice of uh, the best apples from Minnesota. And you can buy the squash and pumpkins. And I think we're down to two-for-one pumpkins really? because we get to the end of the— So this is the last week for the big pumpkin squash display after Halloween that will come down and the winter lights display goes up. So it's a great uh, weekend to see the Arboretum. And Weather-wise, too. Perfect. The best. Yesterday yeah. should be a wonderful fall day. Just head out there west, Highway 5, and 41 is the closest intersection. Yes. There. You'll just, see the big uh, sign there. Yes, you'll see the big sign. And the Apple House is just a little further down the road. Yes. At the next yeah. traffic just light. Just a hop skip right. just down there. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, as usual, Mary, we're uh, seeing a lot of callers come in and the texters as well. So let's uh, uh, tell you what. Kurt in New Richmond has been waiting there uh, quite a while. They want to get a... A head start on the show. Kurt, thank you. What can we do for you? Uh, I had some Techni arborvitaes planted last fall. They were about four to five feet tall at the leader in the middle. And a friend of mine volunteered to do some trimming around the house, and they trimmed those. They cut the tops off. The idea was I want to get them up to about six or seven feet to provide a privacy shrub. Uh, there's three plants together in a row, and I wanted to know if topping them like that is going to prevent them from growing taller. 
Uh, well, it will set them back, but uh, if they're in a healthy, uh, if they're healthy plants and in a good location, they will overcome that and they'll uh, grow up again. But it uh, it will obviously take them much longer to reach the height you wanted. But arborvita are one of the evergreens that you can do trimming on the top, and they will still come back again. So um, I I think it'll be no problem. It's just a delay. Okay. Yep. Thank you, Kurt. 651-989-9226 is our phone number and text number. Speaking of text, here's one that came in earlier. I planted 300 bulbs the end of September. They have all come up around six inches. Have I lost them or should I add more mulch? Uh, bulbs will do this. Actually, it's a good sign. It means the squirrels did not get your bulbs. Um, they have had plenty of moisture this uh, summer and fall, and that's why they've started to grow. And in the fall, they develop root systems. Uh, we do see some of them uh, growing above ground, but um, I don't think this will uh, – uh, damage the bulbs. I think you'll still have a good show because the the um, flower bud is in there, and most times it will not respond and flower until we've had this long cold treatment, which is our winter. So I th- I think you'll be all right. Texture wants to know: Is it too late in the year to spot kill weeds? Uh, kind of getting there. Huh? <laughs> it's getting there. So today this will probably work, but after that it probably won't because the temperatures uh, really affect the activity level of herbicides. So you get below 50 degrees and they really just don't work. So um, today you could uh, just be careful because it's going to be windy today. Uh, but other otherwise, yeah, it's, it's uh, getting to be too late. Okay. Uh, back to the phones we go. Barb is calling in from uh, Maple Grove. Uh, Barb, good morning. You're on CCO. Hi, good morning. Um, question about shrubs. We planted a bunch of shrubs this week. How much watering should we do on those? And also, if we laid down some sod, how much watering for that, or is it too late for sod? It's getting pretty late for sod. So our our general guideline is one inch of rain a water one one inch of water or rain per week. Uh, we had that over the weekend, so in the early part of this past week. So we've had a lot of moisture naturally, but uh, boy, that sod. Um, you have to really put some water on that uh, additionally. And again, it's getting cold now. Soil temperatures and roots will still be growing as long as it's above 40 degrees in the soil. So we've got a couple more weeks for that. It's getting really the end of the line, though, because those air temperatures are going to drop this week. Um, if you've already got the shrubs in the ground uh, through this week, probably next week, I would consider watering them if it doesn't rain. But if they've been in the ground for a while, we've had adequate rainfall. Gee, would I sod my own lawn? Is it too late? It's I've heard late. people, Mary, <laughs> over the years that do it. Sod experts have done it even prior to snow. Yeah, the thing I, the thing is, though, you, what you're doing is you're laying it out there, and it is alive. It's not going to really the amount of rooting that's going to happen yeah, is minimal at this point. Right. So. I have a lot of pictures in my head of brown sod in the spring. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so that's yeah. I'd probably wait. I think I would okay. wait. Given yeah. the conditions that we're facing now, I think I would wait. You have a better chance of a root establishment in the spring. 
Great. Thank you. All right, Barb. Thanks very much. 651-989-9226. We'll have more callers and we have some textures to help out. Don't go away. We'll take this quick break here on our Smart Garden Show on News Talk 830 WCCO. Temperature reading 40. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here on CCO Around every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. Thanks for joining us, Mary Meyer, if you're just joining us now. Mary Meyer from the U of M is uh, helping you out by phone and by text. And as the usual, now you, you, you've been going, we hadn't seen you for a while. We've seen I, Julie. <laughs> right. Now, yeah. So I did some traveling and we went to, uh, you and I were just talking about, we yeah. went to Lake uh, Como in Northern Italy because I've always wanted to see those villas that were there. It's an amazing climate where they grow a lot of tropicals and huge plants and yet it's in the northern coldest part yeah. of Italy. But it's fascinating. Those gardens from the 1600s are big tourist attractions today with hundreds of thousands of people coming in there. And, yes, it's a fabulous place to see gardens. Now, I don't know if you had any luck, but we, we did not get invited to George Clooney's home <laughs> at all. Well, in all best regards to George Clooney, I was not too interested in his home. I was interested in seeing the uh, uh, famous uh, Villa Melzi and Monastera and uh, Carlotta. And these, these gardens have been there for hundreds yeah. of years. Beautiful and area. You know, I think the reason they gardened there was the climate. And so we saw these Beautiful American plants, Magnolia grandiflora, the tulip tree, uh, Liriodendron, that they have grown there for hundreds of years. So I saw some of the biggest Magnolia grandifloras over in Italy. So they, yeah, it's just a, a fascinating place to it go. Really is. So I was really lucky to see that. So the tropicals, I saw a lot of tropicals and what survives in hot, dry climates. So Pretty neat. Wonderful. Well, welcome yes. back to CCO. It's good to see you again. And uh, Mary's going to be with us till uh, just about 9 o'clock this morning answering your uh, lawn and garden questions. All right, let's put you back to work. Let's uh, talk to Jim, who's calling from uh, Maple Grove this morning. Jim, you're on with Mary. Good morning. Hello, Jim. Okay. He went to garden. I think he did. <clears throat> uh, uh, he's uh, probably listening on the radio. Yeah, there's a little confusion. Good morning. Hey, Jim, what's, what's your question? <laughs> uh, two questions. Actually, annual perennials. Uh, annuals are, uh, they only grow once and they die off when winter comes, correct? Like right. perennials and so forth. All right. Um, bringing those in, I did a couple of years ago, put them into a fruit room, uh, cool setting. I'm wondering, they've been outside uh, getting a lot of rain, a lot of moisture. I brought them in my basement now. Um, and uh, I'm just curious. Do I let them uh, have sunlight and dry out before I put them into the cold storage? And then secondly, I also had a question about hostas. I uh, dug up some and not too expedient in my gardening. I actually had them in like some big black bins. Got most of them in the ground, had a bin left of them that I just planted a couple days ago. They were nice and yellow, already uh, kind of dying off. I'm wondering, I I put them nice in the ground and cover them up with uh, leaves. I'm just making sure that... uh, uh, being as hardy as they usually are, something like that should come back next year. So two two questions. Yes, uh, the hosta, you're right. They are tough, and even as late as it is, you'll probably have uh, no problem with them. Mulching them is a good idea because they uh, might heave up during the winter. So hopefully uh, that additional mulching will help with that. Uh, as far as bringing in the annuals, 
the most successful way to do this is keep them actively growing in bright, sunny conditions. Um, but geraniums is the one annual that you can kind of dry down, put in the cold, uh, cool basement area that you described. That Those geraniums are phenomenal, and they'll look like they're totally dead. They can come back from that. So some people do overwinter geraniums by giving them this kind of dormant treatment in a cool area. The plants will look much better and be bigger if you just keep them growing in sunshine indoors. All right. Very good. Thank you, Jim. Uh, Diane is calling in from Lakeville this morning to ask a question. Diane, good morning. Okay. Now, Diane, is at, don't listen to your radio. Very confusing. Uh, let's uh, put Diane on hold there, Dennis, and let's talk uh, a couple of text messages. What can I do in the next week to help establish a bee lawn for the spring? Lots of information out now about bee lawns. Minnesota is leading the nation in providing money and assistance to people to convert their lawns to legumes. This is a new initiative funded by our legislature. In December, we will see the first announcements about funding in your own property. So white clover is something you can overseed. Uh, there's creeping thyme. It's just uh, not the culinary thyme, but another type of thyme. And self-heal are the three uh, forbs or flowers that we have done at the Arboretum and they've done in the um, Bee Lawn Initiative at the University of Minnesota. There's a lot of information about this up online, but you can dormant seed these forbs uh, over top of your lawn. The best thing is, is if they, they hit actually some exposed soil areas, you can also um, sow the seed uh, next spring. So if you look up lawns to legumes online, you'll find information about that. And we also have information on our extension.umn.edu website. Excellent. All right, tell you what, uh, let's uh, grab a call from Camille, who's calling in from uh, Big Lake this morning. Camille, you're on with Mary. Hi there. Good morning. Morning. Uh, calling to find out if this time of the year I can prune uh, some tree branches along with some shrubs that are uh, getting out of control. Uh, yes, you usually can do this. Uh, pruning trees and shrubs when they're totally dormant is uh, fine. Uh, the absolutely safest period for oaks to prune is after the 1st of November, so we're very close to that. We're in a low-risk time for pruning oaks right now. But uh, other trees and shrubs, as long as they've gone dormant, at this point most of them have, uh, you can do the pruning now. Does dormant mean they have lost all their leaves and they look, you know, look bare? Or are you saying because of the cold weather and things right now at this time of the year, they've probably gone dormant? Uh, it's a combination of both. Uh, most of our deciduous trees, the, the sign is total abscission. That abscission layer forms, those leaves are gone. That's kind of the last thing a plant does before it goes uh, into dormancy. So if you can wait a couple more weeks, you'll know that those um, the foliage is actually um, gone um, from the plants. Um, and then a couple more weeks, you'll be totally safe. Okay. Actually, I was looking at three uh, three text messages, almost one right after the other, about Creeping Charlie. So we're having our Creeping Charlie episode here as far as this. Is this the time of the year? And they, they want to know the chemical 
that is used. Is it triclopyr? Yeah, it's triclopyr. Now, the thing is, again, you need to really read the label because it's, you know, after you, today is about the last day you're going to be able to use this because the chemical activity will not work when it gets cold. So it's really um, not a good idea to use chemicals when the weather is cold. A lot of times chemicals, fertilizer and so on, put in a cold environment will just run off. They won't work properly anyway. So you'll see on the label it will talk about the temperature, when the chemicals are active, and when they will actually work. So triclopyr is the chemical to look for as on the list of active ingredients. That's especially good against uh, Creeping Charlie and yeah, a- after today, it's it's uh, very likely too late yeah. this season. Thanks. Yeah, and like you guys always say, Mary, read the label always. Yes, bear, uh, the label is the law. It's a federal yeah. law. All right, we need to take a break. We have another half hour of the show to go, so don't go away. 651-989-9226. We'll get you a text question or the phone call. And good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show around uh, every Saturday. Here on CCO, the 8 o'clock hour this morning, Mary Meyer from UOM has joined us and is answering your lawn or garden questions either by phone and by text. And again, that's the same number applies. So call it in or text it in 651-989-9226. Let's uh, go to Lakeville. I think Diane is uh, waiting there with a question. Diane, what is your question for Mary? Oh, good morning. Thank you. A couple of weeks ago, I think Teresa talked about some perennials like zinnia where bees lay their eggs, and I was getting the impression that we weren't supposed to cut down those uh, perennial flowers. So, um, so in spring, the legs, the eggs could uh, um, develop into bees. And am I misunderstanding something? Uh, no, Diane, you've got that right. So the bees lay their eggs in the stalk or the stem of these uh, dead dead plants or dead zinnias. So Julie Weisenhorn has a wonderful video on cleaning up your garden in the fall, and she explains this and shows it very clearly that you don't need to cut back your um, plants to the ground. You can leave the stem 6, 10. She recommends 18 inches, and you can see that very clearly on the video. You leave this old dead stem up there. It's a hollow stem. And many of our bees, the solitary native bees, will uh, make a home and live in that stem. So that's the deal with leaving some of your stems up on your flowers. Very good. Thanks, Diane. Uh, Let's see. We have a bunch of text messages as well. Let's see. Uh, Both of our clematis are throwing off new sprouts and green vines. Why would this happen after they have dropped their leaves and dried up? Any risk to mulching them now? I would hold off mulching them until it gets uh, colder and the plant is more dormant. So we see a lot of the strange growth in the fall, I think, because of the uh, weather and the uh, water, additional rain. Uh, Moisture, moisture, moisture promotes growth in plants. This year I have seen feet of growth, not inches, which we normally see, but feet mm. of growth in some of our trees. And especially noxious things like uh, buckthorn, grapevines, things like that just grow leaps and bounds when we have had 
an overabundance of rainfall. So plants take advantage of this and just keep growing and keep putting out new uh, New leaves, and so I think that's probably what you're seeing with the clematis. That's probably why we saw those bulbs with the earlier listeners still coming up because the weather conditions have been so conducive for growing. Give us that website of the U of M again, Mary, please. Yes, extension.umn.edu and click on Yard and Garden. Now, the Yard and Garden has a newsletter that comes out regularly, e-news, and you can get that. And that's where all the new videos are up. Mm. So I mentioned Julie had done a video. Julie did several videos on pollinators, uh, uh, selecting plants, cleaning up your garden. I did a video with Gail on how to identify your apple tree. So this is a challenge. You know, we get this question a lot. People have got an apple tree and, and they you want can to know actually what do the that. heck is that Well, that's tree? a good question. Well, yeah. well, I hope I help people narrow it down. There are a couple of websites that will help you. Uh, in Minnesota, the fact that we're in Minnesota narrows the number of apples we can grow. So that, that cuts it down. <laughs> but then you look at the Minnesota apples, you look at the age of the apple, the shape of the apple. So that's a video that's up there. So all that information is up on the Yard and Garden website website, part of extension.umn.edu. Excellent. Here's our phone number and text number. We have a line open if you want to call and ask Mary your question by phone, 651-989-9226. You and I were talking about our uh, uh, Meyer Lemon Tree at home. Here's a texter that says, I brought my uh, Meyer Lemon Tree back inside. It doubled in size over the summer. Should I keep fertilizing it over the winter? Yes, you probably should, but probably just about half as often as you did outside. You know, in the summertime when they're growing, you know, once a week you can fertilize them. But I would cut that back to once every two or three weeks when they're indoors. Those citrus, they are big feeders. Uh, if you don't feed a citrus tree, they get yellow quite easily. So liquid fertilizer every two or three weeks. What about, uh, I was just thinking this morning before I left, as a matter of fact, as far as uh, putting in a larger pot, is there a comes in time uh, come a time when you should do yes, that? Yes, so I have done that, uh, and um, and usually that's not too much a limiting factor. And then you get to the point where your pot is, or the amount of soil is so big you can't move the thing heavy, around. Yeah. It gets very heavy. Citrus love clay pots, but if you have a big clay pot and you've got that thing filled with soil and you got a big plant, you need a dolly to move this thing around. It's really hard to move them. So um, I have the old Kalamondon orange. I'm not getting it in any bigger pot. It's, <laughs> <For sure. laughs> I just can't move it around anymore. But usually that's not the limiting factor uh, with citrus. They will do okay they will. In, in a pot. Yeah, for years. I mean, they're oh, good. Yeah, and the Meyer lemon, as you said, they, they can really produce in Minnesota. But um, you really, what, if you, it's an interesting thing to keep track of this from the time you see the flower and then you see a little lemon growing and then it gets bigger and bigger. It's green. It's great. It's a long process. It really it's is. almost a year. I believe that. Yeah, yeah. And citrus have a flower, immature fruit and mature fruit on all at the same time. Yeah. So it isn't like an apple tree. They'll go through once a year and all come off in September. They have got everything going on all at once. And you can use the lemons. <laughs> and you can use the yeah. lemons. That's right. All right. Here's a text, Mary. It says, should you cut back hydrangeas in the fall? If so, how far back? You really don't have to do anything with your hydrangeas. 
Um, you don't need to cut them back at all. I only cut off the old flowers on my hydrangea, and I do that late winter or early spring. So the only reason you should be pruning a hydrangea is if the the shape is too big or if it's blocking the walkway in your house or something. But otherwise, you really don't have to prune them. And many times in pruning them with different kinds of hydrangeas, people cut off the flower buds. So only prune it if you uh, don't like the shape, and you can do that when it's totally uh, dormant. Mary, here's a lawn mowing question this time of year. How high or low, whatever, should I set my lawnmower blade for the last mowing of the season? Well, we think of it being a little bit lower so that the grass doesn't mat down. I still think three inches is good. Uh, maybe two and a half inches you could do that. But, but you don't I want to scalp it. You definitely do not want to scalp it, no. So I, I think three inches is fine. Uh, there's another really interesting article that John Trappy wrote about leaves. Everyone's dealing with their leaves and lawns right now. And John has great advice in there about chopping up your leaves as much as possible on your lawn. Um, if you have 20% or less leaf cover, just leave those leaves and just keep mowing. Mm, okay. So that's it's really interesting. It's a good uh, article to look for. Uh, once the leaves start to uh, get thick on there uh, and cover up the grass, then, of course, you want to. You can chop them up with your um, mower, but then you need to rake them off if they cover more than 20%. Okay, very good. You don't want them too deep on the, the lawn. <laughs> no, then sure. you wouldn't have any more lawn. No. Right. To overwinter, Texter says, my geraniums, should I cut them down? Um, you can cut them back. You can uh, prune them. Um, it, it's usually you kind of do that because they get so big now in the fall. I have a couple of big, beautiful pink geraniums, and they're usually so big. You don't have to. If you've got enough room to just bring them indoors and keep them in a sunny window, especially if it, the window has the same exposure that you had in the summer, uh, you can keep them blooming all winter. All right. Should How about uh, another text wants to know about hibiscus? Should uh, perennial hibiscus be trimmed back now? Usually people have to do that with hibiscus. This plant gets so big that usually it will lose some leaves as you bring it indoors. So cutting it back helps to compensate for that. The leaves that will grow indoors will have a better orientation for the light than the ones that were formed when they were in that bright light um, outdoors. So you could cut it back by one-third, bring it in. Boy, the hibiscus usually comes in with the aphids or white flies. So be sure and wash that off. Hose that off with your hose outside. Try to get rid of any insects before you bring it in. All right, let's go back to the phones. Uh, Brent is calling from uh, Roseville this morning. Brent, you're on with Mary. Uh, good morning. I'm sorry I missed the first half of the show. A quick question. Uh, when's the best time for fall fertilizing the lawn? Hey, that's a great question. We haven't talked about that at all today. It's getting late. If you haven't fertilized at all this fall, I would put on some fertilizer. If you, today would be really today good. Today <laughs> would be good, right. Uh, if you fertilized around Labor Day then uh, I would say you've done enough for this fall. We have found less and less um, effectiveness and more and more uh, runoff the later in the year you fertilize. So once the soil gets to, once the, the plants are declining in growth and that fertilizer goes on, there's more of a chance for runoff 
And uh, that's something that we don't want to do uh, with fertilizer. Texter wants to know if uh, I dormant seed, once snow covers the area, do I need to keep pets off the seeded area? Uh, Not really. Uh, Hopefully that seed will go down into the cracks and crevices of the soil and just sit there until the spring. And as soon as the uh, rains come and it gets warm enough, it will germinate. So, you know, unless your pets are doing a huge amount of damage, some little bit of running around uh, shouldn't be a problem. All right, Mary, we're going to take a real fast break here, but we have more show to come. If you have a lawn or garden question, call it in or text it in. Same number, 651-989-9226. And welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. Denny Long here with Mary Meyer from the University of Minnesota helping you out. Mary, we have callers, we have texters, and I know our time is, is always so limited, but we'll we'll get going here. Uh, who's been waiting? Uh, Kathy in Shorewood. Uh, Kathy, you're on with Mary. Hi, Mary. I'm wondering, my hydrangea has overgrown and it's shooting up roots where or new plants and I don't want it there anymore. How do I go about getting rid of it or moving it? Well, you can just cut off all of the shoots that you don't want. Um, It sounds like it's pretty big. So the larger the plant is, the harder it is to move it. But, um, you know, hydrangeas will do something that's called layering. They will actually throw a stem out. And that individual stem might lie down on the ground and form roots. So if that has happened, you can dig up one of those smaller plants that's formed to the side rather than dig up your whole big old plant, if that actually is the case. But otherwise, you can cut hydrangeas back uh, quite a bit. Uh, But if you feel you have to move it, I, I, I think I'd wait until the spring to move it. Okay. All right. Thanks, Kathy. Uh, Let's go to St. Paul. Diane is calling in uh, with a question for you. Diane, good morning. Good morning. Um, I wanted to ask whether I can winter over canas and callas, leaving them in the large pots that they were in for the summer. Not all bloomed, but uh, their leaves have dried back now and and died back. Can I leave them in the pots, let the pots go dry, and bring them into my coolest part of the basement? Yes, uh, you can do that. In fact, both of those plants won't live outside, so you've got to bring them inside. Um, many times when with cannas and callus, we're digging up the plant because we've planted it in the ground. But in your case, you've got it in a pot that you can bring in. So, yeah, I would just leave it in that pot and then next spring um, cut it back and it will start to grow again from the pot when you move it outside. That'll work. Yeah. Thank you. Sure. All right. You made Diane happy. <laughs> Very good. All right. Let's see. We have a bunch of text messages, Mary. Can you still plant perennials, someone wants to know? Ah, good question. Well, could I assume this is a container plant you'd buy from the nursery. It's got a root system established. You're going to put the roots in the ground instead of laying on top of the ground like the sod. Uh, you know, do it today. Do it today. Uh, think about watering it well and then mulching it. This is really the end of the line. We'd like to have a month to establish after you plant. The hardy things like daylilies, hosta, they'll probably be just fine. Dexter wants to know, have you ever seen a lilac bloom in October? <laughs> this bush is in Blaine. 
Um, yes, every once in a while we do this. Um, I actually had that question on my voicemail when I came mm. back to uh, from vacation from WCCO Television. Mm. And, uh, of course, it was way too late to give them sure. an, an answer at that point. So we see this with lilacs and occasionally some other uh, plants. And what happens is just great growing conditions. And the uh, plant forms that bud for next year might go through kind of a, a dry period or dormant. And then all of a sudden it rains and it thinks, hey, why not? So, yes, occasionally that can happen. It probably um, – it could – mean that you might have fewer buds next spring, but I think you'll still have uh, a significant amount of bloom. All right. Texter wants to know, we planted several boxwood this year with a west exposure. When should we wrap with burlap to protect them from winter sunburn? Or do they have to do that? Remember what happened last year? Oh, yeah. So last year we lost so many boxwood because that cold temperature in January, that killed the whole plant usually, or certainly killed the whole top, if not the plant. So I don't wrap my boxwood that's on the north side of my house. But if you've got anything on the west or southern, boy, you you do have to wrap that to prevent sunburn. So um, you don't have to do it today. You have another couple of weeks. I would say uh, mid-November because what happens when you wrap it is you really cut down on the photosynthesis and the light and you really compromise it for winter. So I'd wait until we get to uh, mid to later November to actually to put that burlap on. And the most important uh, exposure is the west and south is uh, will burn the most. Mm, okay. Is it possible to store some hostas in the garage in plastic bags? Uh Plastic bags are not really a good idea. They could just rot in there. Um, so the best thing to do is if – I would plant hostas um, because I would – you have a better chance of them living outdoors planted than they do – than you do holding them in your garage. If you have to keep them in your garage, I would put them in a pot with the roots in soil. Okay. Let's go back to the phones. Mary Jo's calling in from uh, Monticello. Mary Jo, you're on CCO. Good morning. Good morning. And thank you for taking my call. Mm-hmm. I have a hibiscus that I've had for about oh, 11 years now, pulling, dragging it in the house and taking it out. This year, when I brought it in, I lost all the leaves. The leaves just fell. Yeah. There's just nothing but sticks. And a couple of the sticks have got uh, plant flowers on top. So these leaves are saying, oh, gosh, I don't like it inside at all. Forget it. Um, but there are, the hibiscus has a great, uh, uh, it's, a, it's a good grower. Um, I would prune this back if you haven't. I'd prune it back by about a third, cut off some of the whole stems, cut off some of the stems back. And I think that uh, your plant will, if, it's, if it was alive when you brought it in, it sells the flowers on, I think it very likely will come again. <laughs> Uh, Mary Jo, you have an 11-year track record with this plant, much longer than many other people have done. So uh, I would give it a shot and see if it uh, doesn't still grow. Bright, sunny window. All right. Let's see. We have so many text messages. Love your show and website. Texter says, two questions. I have a common snowball viburnum I did not get planted. What would you recommend? Store it 
or quickly put in or wait until winter? I, I would go ahead and plant it this year. Uh, just make sure that you, uh, you know, get the roots uh, all in the ground and then water it well afterwards. And then uh, until the ground is frozen, I would uh, keep watering it this fall. Texture said, I just collected the seed clump from a castor bean plant. Can I save those seeds and plant them next year? Uh, you can, Yes. But don't put them, put them up on the highest shelf that you have and label them with a skull and crossbones and a poison sign. These plants, the seeds are poisonous. So if you have any uh, young children, you don't want to have anyone get those seeds because they are extremely poisonous. Mm, Are they? Wow. Yeah. All right. Texter says this, uh, Mary, my new blueberry bushes are in soil that is one third peat moss. Do I continue to add peat moss at this time of the year? No, I I don't think you really need to do that. Um, I think you really need to know what the pH is of the soil around your blueberries. One-third peat moss is good. Most blueberries really have to have that high high peat or low low, uh, pH in order to grow well. But at this point in time, I wouldn't worry about adding any more. Now, next spring, uh, summer, think about having a soil test so you know exactly what your uh, pH is. Texter Hurt is talking about the lemon tree issue. What is the name of the lemon tree you're talking about and where can I find one to buy? So this lemon is the same name as my last name, M-E-Y-E-R, but I can take no no credit for this. (laughs) No, this is Fred Meyer from uh, the USDA, uh, probably over 100 years ago when he introduced this Meyer lemon. Um, You can buy these usually at Bachman's. Uh, Bachman's, all the the bigger garden centers, uh, Gertens, et cetera, uh, Otten Brothers and so on, Dundee, they often will have this particular kind of lemon. So the Meyer Mm -hmm. lemon is a cross between... Oh, what is it? A uh, mandarin orange and a lemon. So oh. it's sweeter. It's a milder lemon. Some people think it's not sharp enough, but it's a very different uh, lemon. It's easy to grow indoors. It's fun, too. Mary, we're out of time. It's always good to see you. How about a quick uh, website? Again? Website extension.umn.edu. Click on Yard and Garden. We'll be back again next week with more Smart Garden Show. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.